0: Welcome back to the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network. This is I Love Basketball. I'm your host Sabrina Merchant, joined as always by Raj Chapalu. We were off last week, so it's been two weeks since I talked to you, Raj, uh, which feels like an eternity, honestly. Considering we usually talk every Wednesday, but how's it going?
1: I'm doing well, Sabrina. Uh, it's good to be back. Like you said, two weeks does feel like an eternity, and it's been fun watching, you know, real basketball, uh, watching good teams play. Uh, as we've, <laughs> we haven't seen since, like, what, January, at least? January, so, yes. January. Yeah, so it's been fun uh, enjoying the playoffs. Feels like it's going really quick, you know? Like, we're already on game threes in round two. Like, it feels like we just got through playing games, at least for me, uh, been enjoying it a lot. So, yeah, it's been fun.
0: It does feel like the last time we spoke was about playing games, which probably isn't <laughs> correct, honestly. Like, we definitely Mm-mm. talked about the first round, but... I just have such a strong memory of talking to you about like the new Orleans Clippers game and my yes. like difficulties listening to these games on the <laughs> radio instead of watching them on television. But I'm sure we've talked about regular playoffs. That's, that's probably a thing that's happened. Um, and yeah, we're in the second round, both of our adopted teams, so to speak, are still kicking. Uh, yes. although one of them is doing better than the other, um, I have, you know, taken on the Milwaukee Bucks, which I think is just the team of every Laker fan at this point, considering they're facing the Boston Celtics feel pretty good right. about them being one, one, you know, as the road team, I thought we saw just like the very best of what the Bucks could do in game one and the very best of what the Celtics could do in game two, even though both the teams that won were missing a very important player in those wins, which is just mm-hmm. strange. Can you imagine the Lakers winning a game without their third best player or second best player? I'm not even talking about like yeah, a good be... game, just like a game, <laughs>
1: <laughs> like a real game. Yeah, like that. Real... Be... <laughs> yeah, that'd be tough without AD. Yeah. Tough, yeah. But... I mean, we saw most of that season. That's what. That's, that's, what this that's season. That's a good point. Was.
0: Yeah, I guess it is an open question as to like, do you consider Marcus Smart to be the third best player on the Celtics? Like, wh- where does he rank for you?
1: Uh, it's close between him and Horford. I think okay. he's more important though, right? Like uh, to me, yeah, I probably think third, Marcus Smart. Yeah. Yeah, he matters more. I mean, he just won Defensive Player of the Year. Oh, my God. Um, feel and like they just put the freaking should...
0: clamps on the Bucks without him. Crazy.
1: Yeah, they did. Yeah. Okay. I think he should be, though. He's a good player taken after Julius Randle or before Julius Randle. I always remember that. Yeah, that drive, I
0: was uh, I was very excited to get either Marcus Smart, Dante Axum, or Aaron Gordon in that draft. And Lakers had the seventh pick, and those three players went four, five, six, (laughs) And I was so scared that we were going to take Noah Vonley. Thank goodness that didn't happen. We ended up with Julius Randle. And, of course, we let him walk for nothing. So great asset management by the Lakers, as always. But um, just going back to Smart for a second, I realize this isn't like either of our teams, but I'm very pro the idea that a guard can win defensive player of the year just because Mm -hmm. I find it a little unfortunate that like only bigs can be recognized for the defense. And like, I get the all defense teams exist for guards to, you know, have that opportunity. But like, I'm looking at the WNBA and like wings win defensive player of the year a lot. Like there was a Sparks guard who won defensive player of the year, like a couple of years in a row, like in 2016 and 2017. So it's not like an unheard of thing in modern basketball. Um, Right. But I also do think that like watching the Celtics, I am never of the belief that smart is the most important defensive player. Like I watch what Robert Williams does and I watch what Jason Tatum does and I'm watching Al Horford and I'm thinking like, Oh, this is like a total team effort. And I don't know. It's, it was a weird decision to pick smart. Um, I think it would have been a weird decision to pick bridges too. Honestly, uh, I probably would have picked Rudy go bear again, which frankly doesn't age well every time we get to the postseason. but Hey, um, awards are meant to drive discussion. Right. So that's what it is uh oh, your really, really on, your, yeah, well, yeah.
1: on your point well on your point about that like I think it's more important for your big to be good defensively like agreed. but like if your guard is awesome defensively then we can you know acknowledge that as well mm-hmm. and I think they're better in a different ways now with this era right it's not just one-on-one defense I think Marcus Smart isn't their best quote-unquote defender like if you need one stop you're gonna throw Jason Tatum Jalen Brown right. on them right but I think Marcus Smart uh he gets their defense going, right? He has the loud kind of stuff with them, the steals, the charges. It gets their home crowd going. He He's does like the talk hard. a lot too. He does. He does talk. And communication a
0: lot. He, is important. <laughs> on defense is important.
1: Oh, absolutely. And he used to have the Patrick Beverly thing where he'd like try to take over on offense, you know, a lot. And now <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, he made Udoko's done a fantastic job, has really gotten into this like creator role, right? He's mm-hmm. more of like the passer, try to facilitate where shots come from for Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. And then, you know, his t- his defense just took off. I think he's even better this year than he's been. So yeah, he's definitely deserved it. I would like to see more wings guards get it. I think he's the only one since Kawhi that's gotten it, right? I believe Kawhi yeah. the I last I think he's one. like the
0: first like straight up guard since like guard. Peyton
1: to win. Oh wow. Defensive player okay. of the year.
0: Because I, I can see wings having that level of importance, because when you play these smaller switchy lineups, like your wings are doing everything from guarding at the point of attack to guarding right. those big ISO scores and then also providing backline like in help rotation. So they do everything. Like, yeah. I just don't think that a 6364 guard is doing everything, um, <laughs> which I mean, not the bigs do everything either. Right. Mm-hmm. So I understand the bigs are more important. I realize that like this award is going to be tilted towards bigs, just because of the way, like the most important real estate on the court is occupied by bigs. Like I get that. Um, I just think it's hilarious that a guard finally wins. And then Boston just opens up a can of what without him on the court. Like, it's really funny to me.
1: Yeah. The irony is funny. They they're a good team. They're a good team. team, Sadly, sadly,
0: there's a lot of good teams left. Um, A team that did not look so good though today. is your current adopted team. Isn't that right, Rush?
1: Yeah, sadly, I've hooked my, you know, wagon to the Dallas Mavericks after being kind of forced onto the Clippers. And, Who did uh, not make
0: the playoffs. Let's point that
1: out. <laughs> yes, yes, did not make the playoffs. Um, I was there to see them, you know, see their demise without Paul George. But yeah, the Mavericks, it's interesting. Like, you watch that Grizzlies, Warriors, like, that feels like a playoff series. Like, that feels back and forth, you know, um. Up and down. Well, I think the Warriors are better, but I mean, just in that, just the way the series is kind of gone, this one, it feels like the Suns are are pretty much pretty head and shoulders better than the Mavs to me. I, I think, you know, whatever Luca can do, he's been incredible, but there's just a limit. He looks like he gets tired in the fourth quarter, and they just don't have enough around him. Jalen Sabrina, Jalen Brunson averaged 28 against Utah, 28 points a game against the Utah Jazz. And he just can't score against this, you know, against this Phoenix team length. I don't know if that's like an attack on Utah or if that's like a positive for Phoenix. I think it's it's an attack on Utah. (laughs) Attack on Utah. Yeah. So it's interesting to watch them play. But Luca just one of the looks like he's going to be an all-timer. It's been fun watching him try to dissect them. And then Chris Paul, who turns 37 on Friday, just absolutely absurd. Getting to his spots, knows exactly where to go. And then Devin Booker uh, picking up right where he left off. So that Phoenix team is good.
0: I I consider myself one of the preeminent Chris Paul haters. Like I have been on the anti-Chris Paul bandwagon since about 2005. Uh, I was against the original Lakers Chris Paul trade. I was happy when the deal happened. Yep. No way. This is how long I have been anti-Chris Paul. I don't like the antics. I really don't like the antics. Um, I think it's really hard to hit your wagon. with such a small guard, you know, who just can get swallowed up sometimes by good defenses in the playoffs. I think that happens later you get in the playoffs. Um, But Credit to Chris Paul. He looks about as good as I've ever seen him this year. Like he is mm-hmm. finishing really well inside. His mid-range game is unbelievably good. Like it's always been good, but it's at the point where like every time he rises up for a shot, you expected to go in. And like, I know that doesn't happen every time, but Phoenix as a whole is making like 60% of the mid-rangers. And then the fact that Chris Paul has just thrown in like, oh, I can also just step back and like shoot some yeah. threes in your face now too. He's mercilessly going after Luca, which is really important because for as much as Dallas has tried to diversify their offense, like Luca, doesn't really let them, you know, he still wants to control everything. He's a huge control freak. I think Chris Paul is too, but him having that much responsibility and then tiring out on the defensive end. Like, so my experience watching the Mavericks is pretty much like two series against the Clippers in the last two years. Right. So I've, I've seen a lot of what (laughs) Luca looks like against the Clippers they never hunted him like this. You have got Kawhi Leonard, you've got Paul George and they never attacked Luca like this, but Chris Paul is a, he's brutal. He is freaking ruthless. He finds the same thing and he goes over and over and over again at it. And like the maps had to go into zone. That didn't work. You can't put two on the ball because then CP three just like slices you up. It's clinical. Like it's so very impressive. I mean, I was watching the game with my brother today, uh, Phoenix goes up by six and there's about 11 and change mm-hmm. left in the game. And he's like, you know, this one's over. It's going to be two nothing. I'm like, there are 11 minutes left in the game. Like Luca immediately goes back and scores and it's a four point game. And then just the floodgates open. <laughs> like the way this team executes in the fourth quarter, it's, it's awe inspiring. Like there's that stat that they're 52 and O when they lead going into the fourth quarter, which Insane. you know, as, as we know is a stat that the Lakers held in 1920 in our championship season, we did not lose a game. That's a our into the yeah. port, That's our thing. Um, so even though I have zero reason to feel any sort of affection towards the Suns, <laughs> like I find myself just having some fondness for that level of domination, right? That like you can close games every single time. Like look at us. Like we're supposed to be talking about the Bucks and the Mavericks, and here I'm just like waxing poetic about the Celtics and the Suns. Freaking idiot. But um,
1: no, the, I the Suns are the Suns are the Suns are really good. Like Chris Paul is incredible. They start like I think the difference though, like even if you look at those past Chris Paul teams, he's able to relax a little bit more through the game, right? Like they they run stuff a lot of stuff through Booker, even mm-hmm. Mikael Bridges. Campaign right. is off the ball. Aiden can carry and, some load, yeah. Aiden, yeah. And then ever since the Pelican series, so the Dallas Mavericks have had have been playing full core defense on him with Reggie Bullock, right? And Chris Paul is just like I'm, I don't need to bring the ball up every yeah. <laughs> every time now. Devin Booker's on the floor, so Reggie yeah. Bullock is just tiring himself playing full mm-hmm. core defense. Reggie Bullock had an amazing game. I think it's Bullock actually. is, is his pronunciation. It's not
0: Bullock. The way Kevin Harlan says it, it's just Bullock.
1: Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. It sounds it's like, like two separate. <laughs>
0: lock, but the emphasis is on the Bull. So it's Bullock. Yeah.
1: Okay. Bullock. Yeah. So he had an incredible game too, uh, <laughs> as well. But yeah, it's just cool to watch Chris Paul be able to just, you know, chill for most of the game and then just turn it on, uh, make every shot. You talked about the long twos. I think Zach Lowe said they're shooting like 65% on long twos for the Crazy. playoffs. Yep. For the playoffs, which is the shot you're supposed to give up? Can you imagine just... having
0: that many good jump shooters on one team? Like just oh. any one good jump shooter on one team. Ah,
1: oh, it's not. I would, I would take one. So what about one that? one good good jump shooter? Oh god, it's like Mikael Bridges not Crowder. Cam... FJ Crowder, not J Crowder. Yeah. yeah, who's hitting shots? I would buy FJ that shirt. Did.
0: I would buy that shirt.
1: <laughs> which one? The not J Crowder is the, the
0: FJ one? Crowder shirt. I would. Oh, oh, FJ Crowder.
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, but the Suns have just a multitude of weapons and. Looks like I don't think Dallas is beating them four out of five, so I think they'll be in the in the Western Conference Finals again.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting. Like this this Phoenix Dallas series feels to me that Phoenix is just more talented than Dallas. Like yeah. they have more options. I don't feel the same way that Golden State is necessarily more talented than Memphis. I just think Memphis is so undisciplined, so freaking undisciplined. Um, and I don't know up. if that's a reflection of like coaching or just the fact that they haven't been there before. Whereas Golden State is this well-oiled machine, but There's definitely like, I don't know. I feel like I'm watching more playoff quality basketball in this Phoenix Dallas series, honestly, just because Memphis does some wild shit that like I'm not even sure what's going on. (laughs) Uh, But I'm still kind of of the belief that Golden State is the best out of the four teams. Like I, I think they're still my pick to come out of the West. Like they've matched up really well against Phoenix during the regular season. I'm trying not to put too much stock into the regular season because. Memphis looked great against golden state during the regular season and that I yeah. don't think has really held up during the playoffs. But like you said, it's just fun to watch good basketball by good teams. Phoenix plays really, really good basketball, not rooting for them to win, obviously, but they play really, really good <laughs> basketball. Golden state plays really, really good basketball. And, you know, you posed this question on Twitter the other day, how many Lakers on this current roster could actually hang in like a conference semifinal series other than LeBron and AD? What was the answer that you came up with?
1: So this was my answer. I put it in tears, okay, because okay. and the reason. So this it wasn't a shot at Russell Westbrook. It was Course. that like Ru- Russell, was last Westbrook- time
0: Russell Westbrook played well in the second <laughs> round of the playoffs. Okay, it's
1: well the the point of the question was like for players I think could come back, right? So Russell Westbrook, I'm not. I'm gonna answer that. Okay, the
0: last time Russell Westbrook played well in the second round of the playoffs is 2016. Okay, it's been a while.
1: Yeah, it's been a while. So my my tiers on this is Austin Reeves is at the top, I think, which you know says a lot about the roster from last year. And then the next tier is Monk and Stanley. I think those are the two next ones. And then after that tier is question marks to me in Talon Horn, Tucker, and Kendrick Nunn because I think they have a I think they have skills. Um, but I think that, uh, like, obviously they have deficiencies in their game, but I think they're playable And my, uh, so I'm just gonna give you my kind of uh, thinking on, on this. I feel like, so there's people would say Carmelo people, you know, there's other stuff that answer. I want to, mm-hmm. I want to hear your answer for sure. But my thing is you can't be too much of like a deficient player on either side of the ball, mm-hmm. right? Like you can be a scorer, You can, you don't have to be the greatest defender, but you can't be like God awful on either end that that's kind of how I saw it, but I want to know your answer. So what would, what, what would you think about this?
0: So number one on my list was actually Stanley Johnson. Okay. Uh, it was not Reeves just because I think Reeves, uh, he gets bullied a little bit. And I don't think it's because he's bad defensively. It's just people definitely target him. Uh, and it's it's just a lot to take in, you know, night after night. They'll learn, night they'll night.
1: learn when yeah. he's a Chicago Bull in like four yeah. years. Is that what you're saying?
0: <laughs> people didn't even go after Caruso like this. To be perfectly honest, they go after Reeves way harder. And maybe it's because he's like the spiritual successor to Alex Caruso and people are sick of it. But, um, the first name that came to my mind is Stanley Johnson, just because he has the size to play in any sort of defensive system you want. I think he moves off the ball well enough to the point where like, you can like stash him in the corner and like, he can space a little bit, but he can also like cut and do things like he's not, he's not like a, a special role player by any means, but like, I mean, you could put him on Dallas and I feel like he'd be getting minutes right now, you know? Yeah. So I think that that's a player who makes sense in the playoffs. Um, I mean, Taylor and Tucker did play well in the 2020 second round for like 17 minutes.
1: That feels that like was, such a different, that player. was like a, like a
0: lifetime ago. <laughs> I yeah. still believe in THC. I still believe, Me too. um, man, uh, I guess Reeves would be second on my list just cause he's like, I don't know. He does a lot of smart things on offense and he competes his ass off on defense. Uh, Probably Monk, just because I am still forever enamored with the AD Monk pick and roll, and I think that's how you carry your offense in the non-LeBron minutes. So you got to play Monk. Yeah. Um, God, anybody on this team? Who I trust in a second round of the playoffs?
1: Kendrick. Nunn. Do you, you know, trust? What's Kendrick funny, Nunn it's like or... I've
0: like wiped my mind of the Lakers roster. Like I'm trying to picture who is on this team, and it's just blanks. <laughs> like,
1: I keep trying to bring everyone back. I try to bring everyone back, and everyone's like, "Let's move past this." I don't. I
0: don't trust Melo defensively, though. If Davis Bertans Mm -hmm. is getting minutes, you know, I guess you could find a role for Melo. I just, I don't trust it. Um, None, like, is he broken? What? What? No. Who knows? Um, God, who else is on this team? Like Wendy and Gabriel. I, I don't think has it yet. No. Um, But I mean, no, I'm I'm not going to go any further than that. Obviously not i mean do i trust dwight i don't
1: i mean mean, is he
0: philadelphia would be starting dwight howard right now which is the
1: wrong decision absolutely (laughs) which is the absolutely wrong decision Uh, i mean Uh,
0: honestly i feel like the next player that i would trust the most is dj augustine
1: yeah someone someone brought that up and i think like one or two people brought up dj augustine which i thought was interesting because i I thought DJ Augustine was just here and gone. Like that was not yeah. a player I'm thinking. Like is... I
0: guess, like I'm not thinking about who's actually gonna be on the roster next year, just like who played for the okay. Lakers this year. Uh, but I mean, he is a capable ball handler, you know. Uh he's very he's small, six foot. He's gonna get lit up. Um, like you mentioned Jalen Brunson earlier. Jalen Brunson could not stay on the court against the Clippers last year, like they freaking yeah. murdered him because he was too small. Uh, they just gobbled him up. Even Luke Kennard was too big for Jalen Brunson last year. <laughs> uh, Any modicum of perimeter defense is going to swallow up DJ Jackson, so maybe not.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, like but yeah, so my, I
0: think the point is, is, it's not a very long list,
1: right? No, it's it's not a long list at all. It's a very short list. You get to the end very quickly. My whole thing behind this though is like I was watching the Golden State Memphis game. And I'm like, there's this idea that like you know you go like Mike Mike D'Antoni right would go to the playoffs with eight players. He's mm-hmm. like, I'm only playing eight players. But you kill your like stars doing that. Like you, you need like an eight, nine, ten. I max. think eight is enough. I think eight. I think eight is enough. But like it's important eight to have more. Eight and a half more.
0: is what I like. Eight and a half.
1: Eight and a half. Yeah. But like I think you need guys who can play that you can throw in. Like Zaire Williams comes in on Memphis and he just How hits. great was
0: he yesterday?
1: And like I'm like well, Bismack Biyombo today. <laughs> Des- Bismack biombo comes in plays good minutes yeah. tyus jones is important to what memphis does like they mm-hmm. you know they have a roster full of guys uh dylan brooks who's i think been bad for them had the awful he's foul as yeah, well and desmond bain has struggled like a lot um in that series as well but they have guys that just come off the bench and hit timely threes as well um and i think that's why i l- looked at this i'm like you go back and look at that roster and like even if we made the plan made the playoffs like who do you trust? Like when Golden <laughs> State starts running all their split actions and you have to switch everything. Like imagine Carmelo as the, like, you know, guy that's. No, I've seen what off. happens
0: when Carmelo is on. Well,
1: that's why he's not on my Freaking list. Carmelo... Pump
0: faking free throws, pump, faking free throws on opening night and ruining our first game of the with Ron AD Ross. I
1: forgot about that. <laughs> the pump The beginning of throw. the end.
0: That was the moment. <laughs> I had hope until that moment
1: there was a moment in that opening night where like 80 dunked and he started like nodding. Do you remember that moment? I do. I, remember, I, do. I, I, I was like, Oh yes. Okay. They like, they believe in this team. And, and then uh, I, you gone, know, just, what the hell?
0: I I don't even want to talk about it. It's so depressing.
1: <laughs> but so, so your list is Stan is uh Stanley um, and then monk and Reeves and, that was it. and Reeves. <laughs> so one guy who was undrafted Um, one guy signed in the middle of the year and then, uh, and then our be fair, s- he was
0: a lottery pick number seven overall. I want to say,
1: Oh uh, yes, that was a long, long time ago, right? 2015. Five, yeah. 2015. Okay. And then our minimum signing. So those are three guys. Also a former
0: trust. lottery pick. <laughs>
1: Yes, former lottery picks. Uh, well, I'm just saying because
0: yeah. like that that level of talent matters. Like there's a reason sure. why these guys are taken in the lottery. Like those things can resurface. Like you know, Zaire Williams comes off the bench. He's not just some random no name guy. He was the tenth right. pick in this year's draft, right? Like the the Grizzlies traded away Jonas Valanciunas for the opportunity to select like Zaire Williams. Like they wanted him, um, and the Lakers don't really have the opportunity for those lottery tickets because they don't have any picks. Um, it's very frustrating. ten is, a,
1: ten is painful because I think New Orleans gets our tenth. It's it looks
0: like it's number eight right now.
1: Oh wow! Okay, makes yeah. it even worse. Makes um. it even
0: worse. There is a twenty five percent chance that pick jumps into the top four. Twenty five percent chance. Remember how painful the NBA lottery was to watch back when we were you know protecting the yeah. picks from the Dwight Howard and Steve Nash trades.
1: Mm-hmm. This is
0: going to be the worst one. This one, <laughs> watching where that pick goes, <laughs> is going to be the worst one. I mean, knock on wood that it doesn't get worse after this, but
1: how unfair is it that you know the Warriors just get Jordan Poole to be this good like how absolutely unfair it is that like they I mean, just get another baby Steph it's nice just to... when
0: you draft players and develop them and keep them and then they contribute for you right like we took Josh Hart with what yeah. 30th pick or something like uh we took Larry Nance with the 27th pick I want to say Kyle Kuzma with the 27th pick. yeah none of them were Jordan Poole sure but mm-hmm. Larry Nance playing real good minutes in the playoffs. That's a guy who can survive in the conference semifinals. Kyle Kuzma, we've seen him survive in the conference semifinals. Josh Hart, finals, I, believe, yeah. I believe Josh Hart could survive in, in NBA semifinals. I haven't seen it, but I think he could. Uh, I mean, that's where Jordan Poole was drafted, right? End of the first round. So you just got to keep him.
1: Yeah, I know it's 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 rough. I, someone was saying like, oh, because they develop their players. Well, that's true, but also like it'd be nice to have lottery picks to develop, yeah. right? Like we, like we I don't know how much players I,
0: players too. We yeah, do a good like job actually.
1: <laughs> like I don't know how much I can kill our developmental team. Like we just don't give them yeah. enough lottery picks uh, to work with. So. Look like at
0: Alex Caruso, man. That guy was running pick and roll against the Milwaukee Bucks defense last round. Like that was a real thing that happened. Alex Caruso. We saw where he started. There was some real development happening there. Um, he's just no Get- longer Lakers.
1: Gary Payton as well, too, started with uh, you know, our South man. Bay. Uh, yeah. So a lot of Lakers on around the yeah. playoffs.
0: The Lakers are not in the playoffs, obviously, and they have some very big decisions this offseason in order to get back to that point next year. One of them is hiring of a head coach. Uh, and it was reported today that they received permission or they they received permission to speak with uh, Toronto Raptors assistant coach Adrian Griffin. Right. Um, Adrian Griffin, uh, notably not Nick nurse, but also a Toronto Rogers coach, uh, former player in the NBA. His son will be a lottery pick this year. A.J. Griffin uh, out of Duke. He's great. Love A.J. Griffin. Not, I mean, New Orleans could select him honestly with the Lakers pick. Like that's how he's going to go. But, uh, any thoughts on Adrian Griffin? I don't, I don't know much about him other than the fact that there was a domestic abuse case brought up against him a couple years ago. And Nothing really came of it. The Raptors still kept him around. So just figured I'd throw that out there. But uh, I mean, any thoughts on him as a coach?
1: Yeah, uh, not any thoughts on him in particular. I haven't really looked into, you know, his coaching, you know, resume at all. I think it's interesting that they're going. It seems like they're going after new new coaches as well. I know that uh, there are some reports that are only looking at experienced coaches, but they looked at Darvin Ham as well. I think that's a guy that I would I would really like seems to command uh, respect in the, in the mm-hmm. locker room. And uh, yeah, he's another one. Uh, it'd be interesting though. They said they're going to take their time and go slow with it. So we'll, we'll see how, how slow they go, but they have a good like record of, you know, coaches. I mean, the last three that they went after are all good coaches. Yeah. Um, Ty Lou, you know, Monty and Phoenix. Monty, right, and then Vogel yeah. was our third choice, but I mean, he was, he's still a good coach. So they have a good track record of going after pretty good coaches other than obviously the, Bark Jackson rumor and stuff, yeah, like yeah, but you know, but yeah, I, I really don't know. It's, it's interesting, I think a, this is such a different type of search. Um, because you're going after a title the next year, so like, I mean, that was what happened
0: when we went for Frank Vogel, like, that was that
1: that's true, that was yeah. the goal as well, yeah, I, that's fair. But at the time, I don't think we had AD yet, right? So it was more still, we were, we're getting such- AD. We were, like it was. Okay. It was basically a done. Deal it was pretty. Event. It was pretty pretty much done. Okay. Although yeah, I do remember st- that
0: Frank was not allowed to talk about him at the opening press <laughs> conference because <laughs> it hadn't officially happened.
1: That was the Magic Johnson day. That was the uh, oh, first take, Magic Johnson. Yeah. You're gonna have to try to find a coach that can kind of transfer some of the stuff that Vogel did as a title coach, and then uh, try to still be successful. So I, I don't know. I, it's, it'll be interesting to see where they go from here. But I hope they take their time. I hope they. They look, you know, far and wide, do the best search that they can. We'll see who's in the room when they do it. Um, so yeah. <laughs> Phil Jackson, obviously Phil Jackson has said to be in the room, which is interesting to say the least. Uh, Kurt Rambis will for, have a say I'm, for
0: as successful sure. as Phil Jackson was as an NBA head coach. He doesn't really have a coaching tree, you know, Pop's got a coaching mm-hmm. tree, you know, um, his, his tree has like branches on the tree. Like Budenhoser is a pop disciple and Budenhoser has like his own tree now. And right. like Steve Kerr is a, I mean, I'm just saying like, there's anyone that is associated with Phil Jackson generally has not been a very successful head coach, like Brian Shaw and Kurt Rampus and,
1: um, Derek Fisher. Derek Fisher.
0: <laughs> yeah. It just hasn't worked very well in the NBA for these guys. So I don't know. Um, Like you said, I did really like the list that the Lakers came up with last time around. I mean, Juwan Howard was on that list too. I think he's done a fine job at Michigan. I'm not sure how well that translates to the NBA, but hey, at least like their success at one level, you know? Um, And I do think that taking their time is not such a terrible idea because only three teams are on the market for a head coach. So it's not like you're going to risk losing out like last year when I think like nine or 10 teams were in the market for a head coach. Yeah, I look at the current teams in the playoffs, and I don't really see any of them making changes. Like of the eight coaches, Kerr, Monty, like Jason Kidd, uh, Taylor Jenkins. Like I don't think those guys are going anywhere. I don't think Bud or Ime Udoka or who are the other two. Uh, I mean, Doc, I guess, could be on his way out, <laughs> and that that might be a name oh, no. the Lakers are interested <laughs> in. But yeah, I I don't think that waiting is going to be such a problem, especially like when one of the teams that is looking for head coaches is Sacramento Kings and they have decided to go after Mark Jackson and Mike Brown. And I like Mike Brown as a person quite a bit. I don't think him coming back to the Lakers is a good idea for anybody's sake. Like, I don't think anybody wants that. Not Mike Brown or not the Lakers. So, yeah, it's just like you're competing with the Hornets. So, yeah, take your time. You know, if, if someone wants to go to the Hornets instead of the Lakers, like that's a decision.
1: Um, But exactly.
0: Yeah, I, I don't feel too weird about like waiting it out and just letting the process play out because if they're going to target assistance on these playoff worthy staffs and like it's going to take some time for those guys to become available my personal preference would be darvin ham um yeah and around successful teams for so very long i think that there's a real cachet being a former player right now like the current generation of players really respects former players as head coaches And I mean, like anytime you can have like a super cool action, like hammer named after you, like, that's, that's awesome. Like, Why wouldn't you want that guy as your head coach?
1: Yeah, I would like some consistency in our coaching. Like, you know what I mean? Like we've been going through coaches, uh, back and forth now. I mean, even you win a title and you still, you know, replace the coach after a year. Like, it'd be nice to have some consistency. Like I'm watching Miami, I'm watching Eric Spolzer, just bench Duncan Robinson and just know that, you know, he can do that
0: for $90 million. last <laughs> year and he knows Why he can do that it?
1: exactly and just there's no like oh do i have to you know clear this or mm-hmm. you know there's no politics at all it's just max Strus is better for our team so <laughs> you aren't going to play like and we're gonna put gabe vincent out there and old depot and duncan robinson's just like all right like that because that's how the miami heat runs so it'd be nice to have some kind of consistency there um I guess like, it's tough to do that when your roster's also flipping, you know, year after year, all so the time, yeah, uh, all the time. So yeah, it'd be just nice to have a little bit of consistency there and find a coach that you can kind of build with. And, uh, I don't think you can build with like a retread coach. Like, I think yeah. that's, that's really why I tough. like the
0: idea of a Darwin ham, you know, someone first time, uh, starting new culture. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, I feel be like be we've fun. thrown this idea around on Slack before too. The idea of, um, Rondo becoming head coach of the Lakers, which. It's so strange to me, like how much I have grown to love Rondo after how much I hated him, (laughs) even when he was on the Lakers, how much I hated him. Uh, But yeah, I, I'd be down with Rondo, you know, throwing his hat in the ring, like a very Jason Kidd uh, vibe there. I mean, obviously Jason Kidd has had some ups and downs as a head coach, but like (laughs) seems to have grown into it, like. I don't think that Dallas's current failings are a result of, and I'm failings is putting it very strongly. Like they're in the second round. They've done a good job this season. I don't think Dallas's current struggles are a result of coaching so much. It's just their best player needs to learn how to play defense, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, do you even remember Ronda was a Laker this year, which just (laughs) doesn't even sound right. Does it like he
0: I had forgotten
1: (laughs) and he requested a trade to Cleveland, which should have, Gave a little bit more insight into it what was going on,
0: just a <laughs> giant red flag of the terrible things that were happening here. But okay. yeah, so yeah, you know, people that were Lakers this season, you know, were in the playing tournament and in the postseason, starting, you know, four four teams in the second round. That should have been the answer to the question: Who could play in the second round? Is DeAndre Jordan? That's the one.
1: He's the only one. Actually, he's the only one. <laughs> <laughs> he's the only one left, which is such like a attack on the heart. It feels like, cause I he will, just ruined our season. I and will never the-
0: forgive the Lakers for how they treated the Gasols on their way out. I'll just never forgive them. Both of them. It's a pattern yeah. of behavior.
1: Right. Yeah. It sucks. That's fair. Yeah. That was sad,
0: but yeah, uh, the Lakers coaching search, I'm sure will just be continuing on for a very long time and we can discuss it the next time we talk. But uh, for now, I thought we could just close out by talking about LA basketball that is actually happening. Um, WNBA season starts this Friday and the Los Angeles Sparks, who are coached by Derek Fisher, who I think has been far more successful as a WNBA head coach than an NBA head coach, but that's a discussion for a different day. Um, They will be playing on Friday, going to Chicago to play the defending champion, Chicago Sky, who are led by Los Angeles Spark, great Candace Parker. Um, That game is at five o'clock Pacific time on NBA TV. I'm very excited for the Sparks season to start because they have just an entirely new infusion of talent. Talk about turning over your roster every year. Like that's, that is what the sparks have done this year. Um, Raj, I know you mentioned that you were interested in like getting on board with the sparks this year. I would love for people who listen to this podcast to also get on board with the sparks this year. So (laughs) let me know Raj, is there anything that I can tell you to get you more excited about watching this year's WNBA season?
1: Yeah, sure. So, like, yeah, I definitely want to get into it more, especially you know, once the playoffs start to die down, really dive into actual, like you said, Clippers are gone, Lakers are gone. So the I only, love you started you know, with the
0: Clippers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so uh, the only play, only basketball, you know, games that you can go to is what I meant by that. Not by mm-hmm. rooting for the Clippers, but games you can actually go to. Sure, you can go to Sparks games um, and stuff like that. That's that's still going. So when you're watching the Sparks, I guess like who's the player that you know is the most exciting on the roster right now? That you know that people come to see, I guess the, mo- okay. the player that you would say that, uh, most people would like to come to see. Into so there's before. two,
0: there's two, um, LA is obviously home to great centers throughout the history of LA basketball. And Liz Cambage mm-hmm. is, you know, next on this oh, list, yeah. um, multi-time all-star multi-time All WNBA selection, six, eight, probably the biggest center in the WNBA. Awesome post moves, just a super aggressive personality too. She is just, uh, a, a lot star. to watch. She's a star in every sense of the mm-hmm. word, right? She, she talks it up with the refs. She talks it up with opposing coaches. She talks it up with fans. Like she is a, a force to be reckoned with on both sides of the ball. But like for a team, like the sparks that has just been a little small in recent years, it gets mm-hmm. a little bit bullied on the paint or on the glass. Uh, it's just a really impactful addition. First of all, because like she can block shots, she can rebound the ball. Like she can actually score at the rim. Um, and then, like I said, she is, quite possibly the most entertaining player in the WNBA, definitely like one yeah. of the most on the sparks. So yeah, Liz Cambage definitely one to watch. And then another player of the sparks acquired this offseason, Kennedy Carter. Um, currently I would say my front runner for six women of the year in the WNBA, because I'm not sure she's going to start, uh, she has, meanest crossover in the W she can get to Mm -hmm. her spot anytime she wants really, really strong mid-range game, super crafty offensively. She can finish anywhere inside the paint. Um, she, another personality has had some, uh, struggles staying on the court, uh, her team, the Atlanta dreams suspended her for basically two thirds of the season last year, despite the fact that they could not win games without her. Um, but she's here in LA, new situation, a lot of good veterans around her. I am super excited to watch her play because just talent wise off the charts, off the charts. Like she is freaking incredible with the ball in her hands. The sparks haven't had a perimeter player who can score like Kennedy Carter in like a decade. Legitimately. Nice.
1: nice. I was, I remember watching, you know, Liz Cambage on the shop. She was on, uh, she was on the shop with mm-hmm. LeBron and she shared her story, which is really awesome. And shared how, you know she became a star and stuff. So I'd recommend if people haven't gone and seen that, go look at that. Um yeah, she's a big time star in the WNBA. So I'm excited to watch her, excited to go and get into the Sparks as well. And I guess like if you were gonna say um like predict kind of where the Sparks are compared to other teams uh in terms of their roster and uh like I guess where would you see them kind of finishing uh, in the season sure, and stuff sure. like that.
0: Yeah. So the Sparks missed the playoffs in 2021 for the first time in 10 years. So they're they're usually a playoff team. I think they've only missed the, the number of times they've missed the playoffs in the 25 years of the WNBA, you can count on one hand. So this is a team that generally experiences success. Uh, the way they attacked this offseason is definitely with the mindset of getting back to the playoffs this year. I'm not sure I right. put them in the top tier of contenders, like with the Connecticut, Chicago, Seattle's of the WNBA, but I would expect them to make the playoffs um, top eight in the W make the playoffs. So I would, I would see them finishing in that five to eight range. Um, okay. And I don't, I don't think they're going to be like non-competitive at all, which unfortunately was a problem against some of the better teams in the league last year. Uh, what's, what's great is that like, since Derek Fisher got to the sparks, they've been a top three defensive team every year, um, fish. And then his lead assistant coach Trammell, like defensively, they've got this thing unlocked no matter how much talent is on the team offensively has been a, as a, as a real struggle. Um, but now they actually have players who can put the ball in the basket, like Kennedy, like Liz. They got some shooting on the roster. One of their best shooters, however, is still on the bench for the Dallas Mavericks and will not be there to start the season. So Dallas lose quickly. So Chrissy Tolliver can come home. Um, but yeah, that's offensively. I'm actually very excited to watch the sparks because they have the pieces to, to really score this year, which has not been the case, but yeah, I'm, I'm thinking like middle of the road playoff team for the sparks this year could be even better depending on how things gel. Um, because again, mm-hmm. lots and lots of talent, like kennedy carter best player in her draft class just was on a franchise that was a bit of a train wreck and that's hard for young players so <laughs> i'm excited to see how that all fits together
1: in la that's nice yeah I, I know it was it was tough to watch you know candace parker leave and then you know mm-hmm. win the title and i know he had some she had some i don't know public or private uh problems with Derek fisher i'm not sure how much uh
0: I talked to Candice this week for a, okay. a different thing. And I asked her about like the emotions of playing the Sparks. And she said, yeah, you know, it's been so long that like it it feels like it's not the big because she didn't actually get to play in any of the games against LA last year. Uh, yeah. So it's been a year since she left. She's like a lot of it's kind of died down. You know, only two players remain on the Sparks from her last season wow. in LA. She's like, but you know, the coaching staff, like coach Trammell, coach Fred, <laughs> the rest of the coaching staff and I was like there is a name that you forgot to say (laughs) yeah I think that's still a thing I think that's that's thing. I am going to be watching to see if there's like a handshake or a hug or any acknowledgement (laughs) between fish and Candace when this game starts
1: well it wouldn't be LA basketball
0: LA you really should buy tickets for when the sky come to town
1: well, it wouldn't be LA basketball without drama, right? So you gotta have a little, a little a little bit of drama. I'm happy though to see Derek Fisher have a successful, you know, coaching stint somewhere. I think it was rough to watch him just go out like that in New York. I think he had the he had the first year Prozingus or second year Prozingus, I don't remember which which year he had one of those um, yeah. but obviously, you know, as coaches do in New York uh, on the Knicks, they usually flame out, but uh, it was, uh, it's nice to see him at least be successful as a coach because he was one of those Now he wasn't Rondo, but one of those, you know, always thought of as a leader of a team and uh, a big part of championships in LA. So it's cool to see him uh, see him do well, I guess, as a, as a, as a coach in the, in the WNBA.
0: Yeah. I can't recommend Sparks games enough. I know people like, uh, who are priced out of Laker games don't necessarily like going to Clippers games because it's the Clippers and it's not the Lakers. <laughs> but the Sparks, it feels like the same building. You know, they don't cover the banners. Yeah. Everything's still purple and gold. It's very affordable. It's super fun to go to. Um, I think the Sparks are going to be a great time this year. I have maintained that the sin of the 2021 Sparks was not that they were bad, it's that they were boring and they're not going to be boring <laughs> this year. <laughs>
1: That's good. Yeah, I'm excited to get into it. It's, uh, the season starts on Friday, correct? Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay. Um, and they get right into it. And how many games is in the, the Spark 36. season? 36. Okay. So, Okay, nice. And then they get into their playoffs. Nice. Yeah, and they're I'm all the Center
0: it. this year. Or, sorry, Crypto.com Arena this year. None of the LA Convention Center. They're all in the big building. The best place to watch basketball.
1: Right. So, since you can't go watch the Lakers and Clippers... Go enjoy, go enjoy actual, you know, basketball on teams who I think will care. You know, I don't think we were watching basketball teams that really cared about winning. I don't
0: think we were rushing.
1: (laughs) We were hoping for it, but we weren't really getting that. So it'd be nice to go see um, real competitive basketball uh, in L.A.
0: Agreed. Uh, So we'll be back next week to talk more about uh, our adopted teams in the NBA playoffs. Maybe a little bit more sparks thrown in as the season goes on you know, people have any questions about the sparks, they want to throw mine and Raj's way, please let me know. And I guess we'll be tracking, uh, the LA coaching search as long as it proceeds, because I mean, we've got some dates coming up, like the NBA lottery is coming up soon. Yeah. Um, the draft is you know, next month, but I'm sure the Lakers will try to find their way into the second round or at least be in the market for undrafted guys. Uh, I don't know. I am. uh, I'm terrified of the lottery. I got to tell you, like I mentioned my fears earlier, I'm terrified of the draft lottery. I hope that we do not end up giving a top four pick to the New Orleans Pelicans. We've already given them a top four pick. Um, they chose to turn it into Jackson Hayes. That's their fault. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do it again. <laughs> they tried to make the same Hayes mistake and to kill Alexander Walker. That's what they did. Um,
1: <laughs> they just drafted the better Hunter?
0: later in the draft, you know, later in the draft is where the Pelicans find their gold. mines. <laughs> they could have had Darius Garland good had Darius Garland. They're like, nah, we're going to trade this for Jackson Hayes and to kill Alexander Walker. And yes, I will continue to clown the Pelicans, even though they finished ahead of the Lakers this season and made the playoffs. That's all we have left.
1: Go Brandon Ingram.
0: Go Brandon Ingram. All right. Well, this has been Isle of Basketball. Make sure you subscribe to the Silver Screen Roll podcast for shows about the Lakers every day of the week. And we'll be back next Wednesday.